I am drinking uh, rum. You're always on the spirits, man. What happened? <laughs> we were supposed to just have like a casual beer. <laughs> That's what I've like. I've actually gone out of my way to buy beers because I've got loads of spirits, but I don't want to whip them out. Like, <laughs> uh, okay, so there's a story. I did go to buy beer because last week I, I didn't have beer. I was rushing and I ended up grabbing all I had, which was a very fancy bottle of bourbon. You know, in preparation for this recording, I had plenty of time and I did go to buy beer and I had my favorite beer picked out. But then I saw a bottle of rum and then I bought the rum. It's it's not a great story. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're just justifying your buying of rum. That's fine. You know? <laughs> Basically, I wanted rum and I bought rum. So what I'm thinking we could do is... Uh, each week I'll just drink a different spirit and then we can A-B test how the podcast does based on what spirit I'm drinking. So you could go, oh, Richie's 14% funnier when he's drinking rum, but 8% <laughs> less articulate. Okay, yeah, <laughs> or, okay. Or that, or that whiskey episode was really shit, wasn't it? <laughs> what am politics really lost me around the time of the crystal meth episode? <laughs> But the LSD one, man, that was that was. Oh insightful. my god, that was that was so conceptual. That whole thing, <laughs> it was just Richie singing what he thought was Lucy in the Sky with diamonds over and over again. But it was actually just get political. <laughs> oh yeah, we're not we're not allowed uh, we're not allowed to use that that song anymore. Oh no, Olivia Newton John showed up at my house and she took all my nice things and my money. And oh, Jesus, just she said we owed it to her in royalties. I don't think that's true. I mean, has she seen our listenership numbers? Um. As long as there's more than just one person, she uh, said, uh, if, if we stole it again, that she'd come back and she'd get, in quotes, physical with us. <laughs> we should talk about politics. We should probably yeah. start talking about politics at some point. So um, the Muslim ban or the Im- executive order restricting immigration on people from seven countries and refugees mm-hmm. has uh, is actually it's still basically stopped by the, the court system. And this week they had the federal appeal stage over in the the Western Circuit of the Federal Appeals Court. So last week a judge stopped it and then the government appealed it and then they had their appeal and a panel of three judges upheld the original ruling, ruling which means that it's still stopped basically. It's still it's still out of, it's still an, an illegal order. This isn't the Supreme Court now, no. is it? This is, these are federal judges yeah, but not the Yeah, these are the guys court. just underneath. But what has happened now is that every step has been taken and the next step is to take it to the Supreme Court. And what's the likelihood it's going to go to the Supreme Court? Uh, nearly definitely. Uh, I don't know as of now, like um, Friday evening, if they've actually done it. But Trump has been tweeting in capital letters about taking him to the Supreme Court. And he's usually so reserved on Twitter, oh, so I this know, is yeah. um, a worrying sign. Yeah, I mean, he must really mean it this time. But it's actually like, I was reading a couple of the, the conservative sources, like new sources. There are still some sensible guys out there that you can kind of get the slant of the other side, of the dark side. And if Trump legitimately wanted to keep this in place, he should wait and he should try and get his guy um, on the bench because... If he was to send it to the court as it stands, there's only eight ju- judges, uh, justices there because there's an empty seat after the guy died, like we were talking about mm-hmm. last week. And mm-hmm. if they draw 4-4, which is the expected outcome because there's four liberals, four conservative justices, then the original, um, the, the lower court ruling is upheld. So that means that the the, the law, that the, the judgment that was made this week is the one that stands and becomes the final law, mm-hmm. which essentially is a loss. So, and that's only that's only assuming that you could actually get the four conservative justices. Like, I mean, the four liberals will immediately vote against it. It's not at all in their 
their prerogative and what they've been doing they would never ever stand like and let it happen but i mean it's such a dodgy law anyway as we were saying like the the, the original uh, federal judge that overturned it he's a pretty conservative judge anyway so it's pretty likely that even some of the other guys could flip so mm-hmm. so it's not looking good for trump it's, yeah it's not it's not looking good for trump it looks like this like really hastily drawn up um badly implemented executive order is finished right whether or not surprise yeah i mean who knew basically it was just a whole lot of chaos for a couple of weeks and then um things went back to what they were which i don't think i don't know like i mean it's hard to know what his actual game plan is here is that what he wanted or did he actually want it to stand or did he want to just like i mean now he has another group of people to point at and yell at and call the enemy to to rouse up support for himself and he already had the liberals he had the elites, as they call them, he had the the, the establishment politicians, he, the media. He's always targeting, and now he has the judges. It's like essentially authoritarian ruler handbook. The, you keep on picking out these people that you can target and get rally support, and now he has another one. Mm-hmm. Like it could be seen that that was maybe his intention all along, or at least someone that works underneath him their intention. Like, what's the benefit of just constantly racking up um, enemies like that? They're essentially his enemies anyway, but if he gets them to actually come out and take stands against them where he can, like, point out and say, like, his argument will be, I'm the president and these guys are stopping me doing what I was elected to do. So, I mean, there is some yeah rhetor- there is some rhetorical, like, weight to that. He can actually use that to, like, rally support around him and actually, like, if people are on his side or even inclined to be on his side, then this is the kind of thing that would, like, rile them up and get him to agree with them even more. Yeah. And, like, solid- solidify his position. So, it is... That, that could have been his, his idea all along if he didn't actually intend for this. Like, I mean, it was so badly drawn and so badly implemented that maybe that was his intention. But that, that's that's conspiracy theory-ish. So maybe it shouldn't be entertained on a... On a serious, on a serious political podcast like this. A serious political podcast, yes. Which we've always kept on yeah. saying is nonpartisan despite the fact that I've referred to Trump's side as the enemies a couple of times already. No, uh, I'm starting to give up on that a little bit. Like, that was, that was my vague, naive intention at the very beginning was to keep it super, super center. Uh, and maybe in a different time, that would have been a far easier task. But with everything that's been happening with Trump, it's very hard to to occupy that center ground. I don't know if you, uh, you live in California. I don't know if you heard that there's a bit of a movement going on there to uh, succeed from the United from the Union. Yeah, um, they, they've already started like trying to sever the landmass along the border <laughs> so we can become our own island and kind of float our way towards Hawaii where... Everything seems happier and simpler. Basically, what it is is that California is one of the most liberal states generally. I mean, you do have some yeah. pockets of big conservatism, but like as a whole, it's pretty liberal. And they mm-hmm. have been making noises about defying the federal government under Trump. Like, um, I think San Francisco, New York, and a couple of others are what you would call sanctuary cities. They don't implement, or they try to protect illegal immigrants on the basis that they they disagree with the immigration laws as they stand and this is the way that they can actually um, fight against it by, by allowing immigrants to come and live in their cities and they would they would be a little bit safer than they would be somewhere else. Obviously that kind of stands in the in stark opposition to what Trump and his guys are trying to do and now California state the, the state house is actually trying to kind of put in the same kind of things and I think New York is trying to do it too and a couple of other kind of liberal states. Even some people are like California is so different from the rest of the country. Maybe we should try and secede and, you know, you know, set up our own country. We're big enough. We're strong enough. We can do it. And they're calling it Calexit. That's not nearly as nice sounding. No, it, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Cal-exit. It doesn't roll off no. the, to- the tongue like Brexit. Here, let me float something by you. Go on. Caliup. Is that like California up? No, it's like Aliup. But what is Aliup? Is Aliup not like 
let's go guys or yeah let's go and get out of here <laughs> uh yeah but i don't know if you've heard uh, i think some states tried to do this before in the u.s sometime in the history they tried to secede. really tried to secede tried to secede from the union yeah, yeah. oh the, yeah <laughs> sorry i thought you meant like in recent no <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, yes. That there was that was a big deal, I believe. Yeah. So I mean, the precedent's already been set that it's not cool. So you're pretty sure the federal government's going to come down hard on them if they do actually like try. Yeah. But like, I mean, obviously, nobody's talking about dressing in grey and marching in lines and fighting, refighting these battles apart from the fun that they do in the summer camps. But it looks like the the state governments are going to be in total conflict with the federal governments time and time again. Trump is starting to cut, threatening to cut off their money that they get. But then again, states like New York and California probably pay more into the federal budget than they receive from it. Yes, California it kind of fluctuates, but I believe it kind of hovers around. It's the seventh largest economy in the world, and not even in America, like in the world. Yeah, and I mean, if you were probably to add up the amount of money it gets from federal programs, they probably do work out kind of breaking even, but. Like, if the states then were to start to refuse to send money into the federal budget, and then you got the federal budget refusing to give American citizens the rights that they're entitled to, then it's going to just end up being even more chaotic. Yeah, it really is looking like you're heading toward a Mad Max future over there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's scary. We're, we're less so United States of America, more so loosely associated States of America. <laughs> if it keeps going this way. A similarly huge story to all of that is the revelation that Trump doesn't wear bathrobes, Steve. I heard about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sean Spicer, who may or may not also be a middle-aged comedy actress who gets a lot of the box office. That was amazing, by the way. Yeah, it was. Melissa McCarthy is Sean Spicer. That was. She looked like a better Sean Spicer than Sean Spicer. I know, and she was much scarier than the real Sean Spicer as well. She didn't. Yeah, like, I think she'd be more effective in that position as well. Absolutely. Actually, I'm actually going to check the odds to see how likely it is that he's going to be fired before um, March. I think he's definitely going to be one of the first to go. Did you find out the odds? I found them, and uh, Jesus Christ, there, uh, there's a lot of really interesting bets on BaddyPower.com. What, like what? Um, okay, well, first of all, I did find specifically what I'm, what I'm, what I was looking for. Uh, first, Trump appointee to be sacked, leave job. Uh, Sean Spicer is at the top. Sorry, is that to be to be sacked or leave the job yeah, voluntarily? You, yeah, but okay. we, usually, if some like if you were to leave within your first couple of months, it's not voluntarily. In fact, it's like nearly mm. guaranteed that if you're leaving a political appointment before your term is over or before you've like served your your time, then it's not it's not by choice. So mm. yeah, Sean Spicer is four to one. Uh, Kelly Young. Oh wow, fuck. That's actually not that likely, I guess. I would have said that was more likely than I would have thought. Yeah, and then Kellyanne Conway is seven to one. She's second. Neil Gorsuch. Oh, that's the that's the nominee to the guy who's appointed. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's kind of strange. He hasn't even got the job, and he's already third favorite to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how that bet would work. Yeah. <laughs> um, Supreme Court to reinstate Trump travel ban. No, one to five. Yes, three to one. So I think the court is kind of on, or the Paddy Power is on my side of the opinion on that one. Is there a, a an impeachment prediction? Yep. Will. Trump be impeached in his first term. Yes, two to one. There's no option for no. There's no option for no. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, oh, ugh, I don't like this one. Trump's what? Trump specials. Golden fo- golden shower footage to appear on Red Tube. Four to what? four to one. What? That's the same likelihood that Sean Spicer is going to get fired. 
Who who decided to... Whose job is it to put the numbers on these things? There's people, like, uh, kind of statisticians, and I guess... It's more of a rhetorical question than an actual question. Actually, it doesn't actually specify that, so maybe you should do a double. You should say the the footage will be released, and whether or not he's the pissy or the pisser. (laughs) Steve, I want to stop talking about this. Okay, we'll move on. Okay, for some reason... Trump is most likely to visit Slovenia as his first state visit. Why Slovenia? I have no idea. I'm supposed to be the guy who knows things and that... Ah, you're just like me. Uh, yeah, in this... How does it feel, Steve? How does it feel being an idiot? <laughs> I feel confused and afraid. Welcome to my life. Try living in America and feeling like that. <laughs> oh, wait a... Ah, I figured it out. I figured it out. Um, That's where his missus is. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what makes sense now. So he'd just go over there for like a, to see the in-laws. Yeah. As his first but actually, visit as POTUS. She doesn't live in the White House. She lives in New York with their youngest son. Because um, he's, he's still... Really? Yeah, he, well, he's... They, I think they said they didn't want to take him out of school in the middle of term time. It's the same. The Obamas have to live in D.C. until the end of the school term as well because they don't want to take their daughter out of high school until it's finished. And they are... They are I'd say they are desperate to get the hell out of D.C. Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining them living in, a, in an apartment that's directly across from the White House and every morning Obama has to open up the curtains and just look. <laughs> Donald Trump with no bathrobe. <laughs> yeah, standing, Donald Trump with, like, no, Donald window. Trump's there with a bathrobe but it's open at the front and he's just flashing Obama. <laughs> hey, Richie, do you, do you know that do you know that Trump is a, is a right-wing politician, that he would be classed as that? No, I did not know that, Steve. Yeah. And do you know do you know that as he's waggling his his recently urinated on or urinated penis at um <laughs> the former president across the street that uh that president Obama is a left wing politician left wing you say yes Steve what I'm left wing and what I'm right wing well Richie I'm glad you asked that question in fact maybe Steve we nailed it sorry sorry to ruin the moment but this is the first time we've actually nailed that whole back and forth yeah but I came in at a totally awkward moment and it was absolutely con- you really did you fucking threw me for a loop there. it was it was totally convoluted for me to get to I that. wanted to go yeah yeah I wanted to go back because we didn't actually address what happened with the bathrobe situation oh um Sean Spicer said something stupid like uh, one of the newspapers wrote that he was he was watching television in his bathrobe um, because everyone seems to know that Trump gets up really early and just puts on cable TV and watches that until like 8am maybe 9am okay that's like his routine that's his routine it's always been his routine like he, apparently he's obsessed with watching cable news and I mean cable news is not a healthy thing to watch anyway but as the president of the United States you would really hope he would prefer to spend his time reading policy papers or yeah, reports. reports or talking to the very intelligent people that he hired to help him do the job rather than listening to a pundit. Okay, Steve, Steve, Steve. But what does the bathrobe have to do with this? The media said someone actually wrote that he was wearing a bathrobe. <gasps> this is I know, but look, it it's so infantile and ridiculous that to keep on pointing out that the media is fake news, fake news. Sean Spicer said, and the president doesn't even wear a bathrobe. I think pe- lots of lots of pictures surfaced that he actually. Like of him wearing bathrobes from back in the eighties, I think in advertising photos yeah. for his hotels. But why are they so obsessed with with um, the idea? Like it's insulting that he's wearing a bathrobe. Because I was thinking about not, it's it. It's not that. It's not. It, it, you're missing the point here. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's wearing a bathrobe. <laughs> I'm getting really hung up on this bathrobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, they just wanted to try and point out that the media made up that he would wear a bathrobe because they say uh, he doesn't wear bathrobes. So as in. 
them saying he's wearing a bathrobe watching TV in the morning that, that they're making it up because he doesn't wear bathrobes. He sits he sits naked because he's just been urinated on. <laughs> he wants to get that the soak right into his pores so he can feel good for the rest of the day. Anyway, Steve. Non partisan show. Left wing what up, what up, what up. <laughs> uh, Steve, what up, left wing, what up, right wing? Well, basically, in modern politics, political ideology breaks down to left versus right. So you have political parties, political movements, politicians, um, fighting for votes from the general public. And we're kind of, to talk about this, we really have to kind of exclude non-democratic countries to a large extent. Um, that's a whole different kettle of fish that we can come, but we will mention it through this, but like, it's not, it's not really that relevant when you don't have two or a few more groups fighting for the votes of people in exchange for taking over countries. So, mm-hmm. It actually, it comes from the French Revolution. The king granted a parliament to the people and the noblemen and a few other people like bishops and stuff where he would actually say, okay, you can come together and I'll listen to you because the English have been doing that across the water for a good while beforehand, a good few couple of hundred years. But the French had always been like, oh, no, 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 our kings are super amazing. They've got direct phones to God. I mean, they can Snapchat God whenever they want. They got like, they can... God follows them on Twitter, so they have access to his direct messages. <laughs> um, we don't need to talk to Parliament or the people because they're not going to help us run the country. So mm-hmm. France was kind of falling apart. Uh, there was unrest everywhere. And he said, OK, fine. Yes, you can have a Parliament. But the Parliament was made up of both radicals and pro-democratic populists who wanted less power for the king. So they sat on the left of the of the of the speaker or the head of the of the assembly, and then the people who were pro-king, who liked things to be the way they were, they liked keeping the power in the places that it was, or at least didn't want to do things too quickly or move too fast. In, and they didn't want to have like a, a rush job. They they seen they would think that would be more detrimental than actually making the changes. They sat to the right. Mm-hmm. So you basically had these two guys in this chamber standing on opposite sides shouting at each other. And so it's extremely literal. It, the origins. That's it. That's essentially it. That's where it comes from. It's a literal divide of the houses. And if you actually look at all the parliaments across the world, and um, that's basically how it's broken up now. So in the United States, in Congress, the Democrats sit on one side, the Republicans sit on the other, and it's always the same way. I'm not actually sure. Um, which who if they actually do conform to the left right side when they're looking at the speakers, but um they don't they don't change sides. If you're a Republican or a newly elected Democrat, you'll come in, you'll take your seats in whatever side of the house that your your buddies sit on. You don't you don't like sit for some random reason in the middle of your of the other party. You always stay with your guys. Mm-hmm. But in Ireland and the UK, they don't actually um they kind of do musical chairs every time there's an election and a change of government. So the prime minister in the Taoiseach always has his seat and mm-hmm. he and then his guys, his his guys all stand beside it behind him and go, yeah, yeah, fuck you guys. Uh, we're the we're the dude. You, you guys suck. And then the, the opposition sit on the other side going, Boo, you're a bunch of dicks. You don't know how to run things. <laughs> and then if there's an election, then all of a sudden they kind of go, whoop, uh, ever, change places. And they and, <laughs> and they run across the chamber and then they 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 they, they swap roles. So, right. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I mean, it. It, it politics is fun, Steve. <laughs> and finally, I'm glad we go back to politics. Being finally, fun. we got to something that sounds fun, and then, uh, but that's just like I think the UK, Ireland, maybe a few others, but most of them they kind of tend to sit in their their general groups. Like the European Parliament has pretty specific um, groupings of the different European parties. Like they all get together and join like super parties, which isn't mm-hmm. like the Facebook events that go viral. 
It's super party. You know, like these. Uh, this sounds even more fun. I want to go to a super party. You know, like when you hear about a New Zealand teenager who's thrown a 16th birthday party and she she forgets to put her. Uh, Does that still happen? Oh, yeah. that used to happen loads. I remember back when I first joined Facebook, but I feel like maybe I'm just out of those circles. But yeah, I remember like Kate's party was like the first big one that I saw, where it's like you know seventy thousand people are going to this little thirteen year old's house party because her parents are out of town. That's not your girlfriend, Kate. Oh, maybe that's that's how we met. <laughs> you were one of the seventy. 000. When you got picked out of seventy thousand, that's something special. I know, right? I was the drunkest out of seventy thousand people. <laughs> anyway, what was the point of this metaphor? The super parties in Europe. Okay, they sit according to whatever kind of um, how far they are in the left-right spectrum. So today, it I mean most countries don't have kings anymore, but you still generally have the vibe of political groupings that want to change things slower or quicklier than their opposition. Mm-hmm. So left-wingers tend to be progressive and they want to see more redistribution of wealth. If you can imagine that there's a big horseshoe and at the very two ends of the horseshoes are the guys who are the most extreme versions of whatever the left-right divide is. Mm-hmm. So the guys who sit on the left side of the far further furthest reach of the left, left horseshoe, they want immediate revolution they want all the rich people's heads cut off and they want the working class proletariat put in power because that's the only way to save society okay and then the other guys on the other side of the horseshoe the right wingers they're saying absolutely not this country is for our people we believe in keeping things the way it is and we're not going to do any of that crazy liberal horseshit because it's just going to end up ruining things for everybody Mm -hmm. but then obviously you have inclinations on each side and then until eventually you get to the center and the center usually say "Eh, we'll try a little from column a a little from column b we'll see whatever works we'll do whatever works and we'll do whatever gives us votes Mm -hmm. and generally most political parties that are successful tend to lean in the center and kind of like if you can imagine someone like leaning a little bit to the left or I'm actually going to do this in the microphone which is going to annoy you but I'm going to like lean to the left of the microphone and then I'm going to lean a little bit to the right of the vote over here Steve so that would work I don't want to get technical on you but that would work in a stereo recording but most podcasts are mono so that's just not going to sound like anything but that's just going to be me getting quieter on the microphone and you get yeah that's okay that'll work as well (laughs) um for a party to win the most votes, they have kind of appeal to the broadest base. And most people generally, when you get into a country, most people kind of like don't take extreme views. You kind of, they blow with the wind and they say, I want this or that. And I'm like, I would like things to get better, but I would also kind of like them to stay the same. That sounds super hypocritical. Um, it is. Yes. Is that part of the complicate, like the stuff we talked about before, how things are slow and complicated, that there's like a natural dichotomy right there. Yeah. Right, the very essence of everything. Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah, it's like that if you try to go too far on one side, you probably inevitably will end up messing up because that's what humans do when they gather each other to gather together and organize these things. Mm-hmm. So that you don't nec- like, I mean, if you just say, and not only that, but like, you don't want to open yourself up to be challenged and say you're absolutely wrong, and you you only th- say that because you believe because you're a left winger or a right winger. So if you just stay in the middle and kind of go with the flow, then you're less likely to lose the opinion of someone who may just disagree with you on, on an ideological basis. So. Why, like, there's no reason to throw yourself out there. Right. That was kind of before, though. Things have changed an awful lot in the last couple of years. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, there's been a bit of a, the on that horseshoe stuff has been like moving more to the left and more to the right. Yeah, people seem to like they, they 
there's a lot of political movements that like the center ground is kind of being emptied like it's actually quite surprising because in the 90s the, the center was king and um, you had politicians like uh, the labor party in the uk and bill clinton in the us talking about the third way we didn't need to have this question of center right center left left right we if we just got together and pick what, what was in the best interest of the country like scientifically policy wise then that would be the best way to do it and not only that, but that's the best way to capture the most votes and keep your your party in power. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of it really fell apart. Um, it's not it's not really a viable option in most countries these so days. Why why is that? Because that does sound like the you know the best of both, like a fair compromise. Like why would it fall something like that? That sounds so objective, for want of a better word. Why would that fall apart? I guess it kind of comes down to it. Like you said, it is a bit hypocritical for these political parties to just kind of go with the flow and say whatever they think is popular to get reelected, because then eventually you you, inner, you invariably you invariably end end up lying to the to the electorate, and then when it comes around to election time, after when you keep doing that election cycle after election cycle. It just wears people down until they don't trust politicians. They just see them as empty, vacuous suits who are sitting in the center. They're just they're party political monsters. They only they like they graduate from college, become political assistants, and then become prime ministers. Which was David Cameron actually like he he essentially never had a job in the real world per se. He was always in the political machine, oh. and people and people just get sick of it. They just think it's like it's marketing politics. It's not. There's no yeah. bite to it. They're not going to be able to do anything that will that will change our lives because they've just been lying to us constantly. And then you're able... That's why, I guess, people have split and they've jumped on the back of politicians like Bernie Sanders, who was like... He was an out-and-out socialist, something that would be... It would get you put into prison in, in like even a couple of decades ago in the United States. It was like socialists were the literal enemy. Yeah. And he, he campaigned and did he nearly got the nomination for the Democratic Party on that basis. And then, of course, you have Donald Trump. He went out and said some of the most radical right wing things that you could even imagine. And mm-hmm. it got him elected to the presidency of the United States. So so let, let's let take that as an example. That's great because that's super recent. So someone's really far on the left, someone really far on the right. Like, what's the difference between their policies, between their ideologies, between their like their day-to-day actions? Like, what separates these two people on opposite ends of that horseshoe? Okay, that's a bit tricky, actually, because Bernie Sanders certainly does qualify as what you would call a left-wing politician whereas Donald Trump he he is right-wing but he also is quite different to what would conventionally be called a right-wing Republican in the United States so okay we'll talk about Bernie Sanders so like left-wing people in modern political democracies they tend to like they believe in a lot they believe that the state like the oper- the operations of government um can be used for the good of the people mm-hmm. who are the general population they also think that corporations are generally not good for the people. Like, I mean, I guess Bernie Sanders would probably say that they're actively not good for the people, whereas maybe people like Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton, who would be closer to the center, would say they have potential to do good, but they have potential to do bad, and we should be able to like rein them in and help, and so that they produce good for the people. So, what when when Bernie says that corporations aren't aren't good, can you just elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, like what about them's not good well fundamental like okay this this if someone who was a free marketeer right-wing conservative or like someone that believed in the free market heard me say this they would instantly say that's just liberal bias but mm-hmm. bernie sanders would tell you that corporations like if they were to be considered individuals they would be psychopathic they only exist to 
to create profit for themselves. That is the, that that is their ultimate core goal, mm-hmm. and that things like the environment, the welfare of their workers, and um, the the general good of the country. So think like closing a factory in the United States and moving it to India to save yourself thirteen percent is what you should do because you're a corporation and that right. would increase your profits and that's what you, that's what you need in fact legally a, corp- a corporation has to do that because a corporation has to act in the best interest of its shareholders and most corporations by default think that making money for their shareholders is the only way to act as a good corporation right so and then that just like if they're and if they're given that free reign it, there are too many negatives whereas a right wing conservative politician not necessarily Donald Trump now because he as I said he is different but someone like uh, Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House, he would say corporations create jobs, they create wealth, they which feeds down not just to the guys at the top, but to everybody. And by opening up trade and allowing corporations to do these things, it, it helps it helps people generally. And if if they weren't to do that, then you would have to have the state get involved. And allowing the government to get involved in these kind of things just isn't good because it's just mismanaged and there's no incentive because when a corporation is spending money it's spending its own dime so it doesn't want to waste money right whereas when a government is spending money it's spending the taxpayers dime and there's less of an incentive they think there's less of an incentive to be frugal or to be wise about the spending because they're not spending their own dollars so why should they care right yes yeah, so, i mean generally that's kind of where the left right thing sits i mean and it's all it's relative as well um if you are a right winger in the United States, you would be a radical free marketeer in Europe, most countries in Europe. Like you would be out and out unelectable, essentially. Equally. Really? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, th- Barack Obama would be to the right of the right wing parties in Europe compared for, for what he believes in. I mean, like Europe, Europe is comprised of an awful lot of countries. Is that... Well, okay. Average across the board, or, or like, what do you, I, what do you, yeah, well, when I'm, you say that? I would compare it to the UK, to Ireland, to France, to Germany, to Holland, to the countries I know about, basically. And like, I mean, right. generally, yeah, most European countries kind of fit into the same bag. They got differences here and there, but generally, they're kind of like mm-hmm. social democracies, is what you would call the status of what the European countries build. You, you have quite a large state intervening in things like education and healthcare, and social benefits for people that can't get work, and and like pensions and those kind of things, whereas. In the United States, they only got socialized medicine under Barack Obama, and they're instantly trying to get rid of it. It's so it's so controversial. Mm-hmm. So, but if a right wing politician in the UK was to stand up and say, "Get rid of the NHS; it's terrible," he would be called a radical right winger. He would be like at the very far end of the British horseshoe, on the right side. Mm-hmm. But then, if a left winger from Britain was to go over and say the kind of things he wants to see in the United States, he would be called a communist. You'd be so far down the left wing, even worse than Bernie Sanders, probably. Really? So for like off the horse, he's not even on the horseshoe. He, 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 there would be no room for him on the American horseshoe. Basically, he would have to be just a pebble on the road as the horse runs on. That's deep, Steve. That's uh, deep. I know. Like, I'm a, I'm a, aren't we all just? Aren't we all just pebbles being trampled on by the horse that is the government or something? Man, yeah, you nearly, you nearly sounded like you knew what you were talking I about. Nearly, there. I nearly <laughs> got there, didn't I? I just, yeah, I just gave up halfway through. Yeah, so I mean that's that's the breakdown to left and right. Um, I'm sure. Like I mean, and essentially it makes up it makes up the the main thing. When you're walking down, if you're a voter, you're walking down the supermarket aisle of who to vote for. It's the easiest way to categorize what's going on. So you have the left aisle, you have the right aisle, and it depends on which you prefer. You're going to pick up the packet from that side and vote that way. 
It, it's it's yeah. it's a it's a pretty easy way for a, for a party to d- differentiate itself. That's what I was going to say. It's very binary. It's very black and white. What what's to be said for like the nuance and the kind of gradation between the two? Isn't that not where we should be thinking instead of good versus bad, left versus right mentality? Yeah, I mean certainly it, it's a noble effort. It's very difficult though because it's so easy to see politics as just a struggle between two two teams fighting against each other for a victory that if you're if you like the and then the media fall down because like if the media is trying to sell it it's so much easier to sell it as that like i mean oh my god sorry just to go with a little tangent here yeah when did the remember when the, the three debates were happening last year for the um the run-up to the election yeah the news coverage like the promos like the marketing for those debates it was the equivalent of like a big boxing match oh absolutely they had like these these visual stings of clinton versus trump and there's like big dramatic music it was like the two were about to fucking get into a ring and just fight for a ladder to, to go grab at a belt that was hanging above the ring my money would be on hillary yeah my, mine would have been too she would have knocked lumps out of that fell if that was actually how it was <laughs> determined oh you think absolutely trump enters with like his entrance music and he's wearing a bathrobe yeah i mean that guy that guy he learned how to do it in wwe he doesn't know how to actually he fight. was literally in the wwe wasn't he? yeah he uh, hit steve mcmahon with a steel chair man now he's our pre- now he's a president. Now he's a president. But you see, to use the keep on with that analogy, I think that Hillary Clinton is more of a, an MMA fighter. She would jump in there and she would like fucking, she would go, she would start swinging and the, the punches would connect. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have you wouldn't real. have you wouldn't have none of that that silly slapping crap that Donald Trump would have learned in the WWE. Yeah, slap that bathrobe right off him. <laughs> he's not wearing the bathrobe. That's fake news. Yeah, I mean, there's no. Yeah, I mean, it would be lovely if you were to just like put these policies out there and, and pick them but it's so much easier when you put them into categories and the category that has existed since essentially democracies have really got themselves up and running has been left right bigger state smaller yeah. state I mean if you actually want to answer it quickly the answer is left bigger state right smaller state and when I say state I really? mean, yeah I mean like government intervention right wing would say less state intervention in the markets is better and that that includes education healthcare all those kind of things and the left say more intervention in the market is good but then actually uh, no actually no you have to listen to the whole thing because more or less government intervention isn't necessarily true because they talk about the social side of politics like the uh, things like um equal rights for sexualities um, um equal rights for genders essentially rights personal rights and like religious freedoms and um, the right wing tend to think that the state should intervene to restrict people's um abilities to do things whereas left okay. left wingers tend to think that it's better to have more personal freedom in those kind of things yeah so they kind of like yeah it's kind of like a diagonal divide so like i mean there's actually there's a political compass test that you can do where you can to try and figure out where you fall on the the left right spectrum but it's not a line because you're not just left and right there's like there's it's it's like a cross and up the yeah. top is intervention in the economy and less intervention in the economy and then is this something you can do online oh yeah absolutely you just type in political okay. compass and you can find out where you are actually yeah. that'd be, I'll, I'll link it into, I'll link it into show notes it's a good exercise for you to do it as well to try and figure out where you are I'm going to be interested actually yeah actually me too I, I broke it Steve I'm not on it it says I'm too <laughs> stupid I don't know enough you're too radical they're sending the FBI <laughs> oh shit that wasn't even a question how did you give that answer you just submitted a picture for all these <laughs> multiple choice questions. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, send me a link to that and I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. I'm going to start putting stuff in the show notes just for like follow for people if they want to like dive deeper into stuff we're talking about. 
Yeah, um, definitely. That'll make it easier for them to learn more about what am politics. And if you're if you're enjoying learning what am politics, you guys should tell your friends, families, dogs, cats, anyone with an access to uh, the internet to download this this fine yeah we're as of this week we're on we're on itunes we're on stitcher we're on we just got onto google play and we're on a couple of the smaller ones as well but that pretty much covers like i was looking up itunes covers like 70 percent all podcast listening anyway and then stitcher and google kind of make up the majority of the rest so we're pretty much everywhere you can you can be as a podcast yeah so we've got no excuse now absolutely no excuse the only thing is us and and how much rum i drink to become incomprehensible while, <laughs> while recording this podcast. And yeah, if you do want, if you do like it and you are listening, and if you're listening to the fourth episode, I assume you're you're deep enough into it that you do at least find it mildly entertaining, then yeah, feel free to share it around because we've gotten good good enough reception from it so far. Screw that, Richie. You're giving these people personal choice. I would like to come down hard on the right wing and say, no, this is some... Actually, or is it the left wing? I forget what I've said myself. Well, if you don't know, then I, I definitely don't well, know. Well, it depends on what it is. Is this a social issue or is this a market issue? social market issue it's social marketing well then they gotta go down the middle and tell everyone to download it immediately cool so do you is that like all i need to know about left wing versus right wing at least at a high level yeah basically i mean if you want to keep it again the the buzzwords are left want less freedom for economic markets but they want more personal freedom Mm -hmm. and right want more freedom for economic markets but generally want less personal freedom but then there are other buzzwords like mini ideologies that fall within the left right spectrum so obviously socialists are like their biggest concern is about economics so that's the most important thing for them and then you have like the state the state should be in control of nearly most of the economy because that's the best way to help people and then you have libertarians on the right side who want as little state control in everything so both in terms of personal lives and in terms of the economy so they would like see the Mad Max style situation as being the best and most free and safest thing. Really? Uh, no, that's absolutely facetious. That's not fair. <laughs> no, there's no libertarian. Okay, that the well, world. as soon as you say Mad, like, because we've said Mad Max is an example in a bunch of things over the past couple of episodes, and I don't know. I just I think it's coming, and I'm I'm, I'm getting ready for it. Yeah. Well, you can assume we're being facetious whenever we say Mad Max or Mordor when we're describing anything got to do with politics. That's true. Yeah. But I was being mean to the libertarians there. It is like, I mean, there's there's a lot of like I used to I used to read a lot of the libertarian stuff. It is pretty interesting when you come down to it. But personally, I just think that it wouldn't work because you basically just be removing the protection that we've developed by creating these states to help people. So it would just go back to being the the biggest, strongest, loudest bully gets to do gets to do mostly what he wants, and everyone else is kind of just at his whim. Isn't that what's happening now? Kinda, yeah. There's a lot of libertarians back in Trump. Yeah, a lot of bathrobe wearing libertarians. I'm so hung up on this whole bathrobe, th- bathrobe thing, Steve. I don't know. You don't why. even get it, Richie. He wasn't wearing a bathrobe. That's the point. Maybe it's just I can't get it out of my head the idea of him wearing a bathrobe. I've seen a picture though of him actually wearing the bathrobe in the old, the old ad. It's a good look. He cut a fine figure. I mean, the hair is exactly the same. The rest of him has sagged a bit and gone a bit <laughs> like more orange. But no, yeah, yeah, he looks like someone who may own a golden shower. <laughs> I was really hoping you weren't going to say shower. Oh, I just meant like a golden shower. Gross. But he owns a golden Stop shower. It. That's Stop what I'm it. saying. Stop it. So are, a, we, do- are we done? Are we done with that? Can we a, please be done with a gil- this? A gilded hygiene machine. Okay, Steve, it's time for our next segment. What's our next segment? Oh, we're going to have another game. Yeah, we're going to have another game of fake news for real dudes. Oh, I forgot about that. That was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, it was no. a thing, and I'm bringing it back. So 
last week we introduced our closing game, which is fake news, spelt with a Z, for number four, real dudes, also spelt with a Z. You know, you don't have to talk about these wordplay jokes because it's a podcast. I do have to talk about it because they can't see that I've actually written down in my notebook here the number four and then two Zs. So you remember the rules? I read you kind of two headline summary stories for like news stories and you have to decide which one is something that I made up and which one was something that something that actually happened. I do, but I also remember what happened when I tried to guess and it turns out that the rules were changed. Yeah, it turns out last week that they were both real stories, but that was just because I found two real stories that were both hilarious and sounded incredibly fake and I couldn't I couldn't resist. But I figured I, I wouldn't get away with it two weeks in a row, so this is actually back to legit rules. Well, now I know that the one that isn't so hilarious is going to be the fake one. You don't know that. Oh, okay, okay. G- you know, give it a whirl. So, so what we're going to do is I'm going to read you two very short headline kind of summary things, and then you can like ask questions, because I feel like it'd be, it'd be more fun if it was more interactive, and you can then gauge off my answers whether I'm lying about one of the, the subjects or not. The first news story, Kim Jong-un's older brother loves Eric Clapton. Okay. Okay? <laughs> okay. Okay, that's the first news story. Second news story is hookers for Hillary offer extras to Nevada Clinton supporters. So that's more mm. of an older story, but it's still a news story. Yeah, I guess that was back in the election then, was it? Yes, yeah, back in the election. Oh, oh wait, oh, which Clinton are we talking about here? <laughs> it, it's just kind of creepy if it's the other guy. It actually sounds more on brand for the first Clinton, doesn't it? Oh, I know. Uh, no, first, it's the se- it's the second the, Clinton. The, uh, okay. So, so you can ask questions and okay. Well, I I've heard I do remember when the whole secession thing was going on when his dad died that uh, there were two older brothers that they passed over. One of them I think because he was a bit stupid, and then the other one because he was a bit um he would have been comfortable in Castro. Let's just say you could just say he's gay, Steve. Like no, but they never said he was gay. They never they, see. This is it. You wouldn't actually say he was gay because then that might actually get him killed, and you don't want to be the person that wrote the story that got him killed. Oh God, are we going to get a man killed? Uh, if if the Kims listen to this podcast, I mean, if the Kim oh, Kardashians they do. listen, they do. Oh, though we no. know that they do. They tweeted well, that. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Expect more nuclear warheads. Uh, yeah. So apparently he was a bit effeminate. He was a bit, uh, and that that wasn't that wasn't fr- that wasn't smiled upon by the North Koreans, who turns out are not that liberal or progressive. And uh, then I, he has another brother who was arrested trying to sneak into Japan because he wanted to go to Disneyland. And <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. That's a true story. We've and all he, been there. We've all been there. Yeah, but because we would be okay, we'd be allowed in there, but apparently North Koreans aren't allowed. I mean, it's tragedy, isn't it? They're not allowed to go to Disneyland in Japan. That is the saddest. That is the sad. Like, not... Oh, any of like the humanitarian issues, but not letting people go to Disneyland. He, I think, I think that guy spends most of his time living in casino islands in China. So okay, but which one? Yeah, is a big then, Eric Clapton fan, or are any of them big Eric Clapton fans? This could be the fake story. Yeah, yeah, and then I guess the Hillary Clinton one. Well, I would, I would guess that like that's like they do have prostitute unions in Nevada, and I guess like. You can unions. ask questions. Do you want to like ask specific questions about the stories, and I can see if I can answer them based off um, based off you making up more things about the fake. Based one. off <laughs> me lying, or based off me reading one of these stories. Uh, did you make up the uh, the non real one? I made yeah, I made it up. Ah, you see that puts it in perspective as well. I wonder which one is going to be easier to make up. Yeah, like, I mean, read the read the Hillary one again. Hookers for Hillary offer extras and extras is in quotes to Nevada Clinton supporters. It doesn't specify what the extras are in quotation marks. 
It no, like it's you, not. It's 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 not that lewd of an article. Okay, it's extras and quotes, and that's kind of left to your interpretation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and what like help me on this? I'm 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 too innocent and fragile. I wouldn't be able to think what the extra could be. So yeah, it's in Nevada. Now, these are like legal brothels in Nevada where uh-huh. prostitution is is legal. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's not so, just like, one brothel. It's a bunch of them. One of them is like a- Area Fifty One themed. <laughs> That's based out near Area 51, so you can imagine what that's like. Uh, okay, I'm going to think that that is the real story and Eric Clapton's the fake story. Uh, you're wrong. Shit! They're both real stories. Oh, again! Again! Oh, <laughs> I was so sure you weren't going to do that to me. Oh, you're such a wanker. Oh. Yeah, apparently there was like the North Korean. Oh, um, <laughs> so annoying. Oh shit! I love lying to you about this stuff. If I was uh, in the same room as you, I would stand up and walk away. <laughs> yeah, apparently there was a um, uh, the ambassador from North Korea in the UK received like this cryptic email, basically saying that uh, Kim Jong Un's older brother Kim Jong Chol was arriving to the UK and really, really wanted to go see Eric Clapton. So you had to try and source like four tickets to the. Derek Clapton's like birthday celebration tour that was happening at the time in London. That's definitely the fucking. That's definitely the Mickey Mouse guy. <laughs> yeah, it's Kim Jong Chul. He's like a, apparently like a, a a lead guitarist himself. Like he's a shredder. Oh my god! And Eric Clapton is one of his heroes. <laughs> You've no more elaboration on the extras and the hookers and the voting for Hillary. Okay, so here's so okay, so here's the as elaborate as they get. Um, if you tell me you're caucusing or voting for Hillary, I will give you a free lunch. If you tell me you're 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 watting. Your caucusing is what it says. Cock, 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 <laughs> caucusing like a caucus, not a cock. That's what, I'm literally quoting it right here now. If you're caucusing or voting for Hillary, I will give you a free lunch or 30, uh, 30 extra minutes to use however you like. Said kisses. Her name is kisses. Well, you'd probably need thirty minutes to eat the free lunch, wouldn't you? I don't know if it's a mutually exclusive thing. Oh, uh, well, that's a good deal. <laughs> that just shows you where your brain is at. Food. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the food part of that sentence. Yeah, I went on one of those like uh, New Year diet things pretty late in the year as well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm mostly just thinking about food. That concludes this this week's round of fake news for real dudes. Yeah, we lost again, so it's it's uh, it's still a score zero for you. What are we going to talk about next week? Um, I don't know. Great, fantastic, (laughs) wonderful. You never asked me that live on air before, so I didn't have it prepared. Uh, we will talk about the 100 days honeymoon period that presidents get, and I guess just the general kind of honeymoon period that most new politicians get when they're elected. Because a, hu- a honeymoon. Trump is pretty much eating all that honey very quickly. <laughs> He's uh, also pe- mooning Barack Obama across the, the Washington Plaza. Yeah, I was going to say people aren't over the moon, but yeah, that's, that's a better. That's a better. <laughs> See, my, me- my, my one actually... Like it conjured the image of Donald Trump's arse, so that's yeah. Yours, yours is more in tone with uh what what we've been going for this episode. Yeah. Uh. So okay. Cool. I was going to ask you about that, but that would defeat the purpose of next week's episode. So okay. <laughs> Good. Well, at least I'm preempting what you're going to be asking. That's it. That's it. I'm already. I'm already enthralled. Steve, I can't wait. As much mooning as you can handle with both your palms. Jesus, why palms? I don't know. Cause like I'm just. The image of grabbing I'm grabbing a buttocks oh, with your hands hell. fucking hell Steve I'm gonna Trump's, end it I'm gonna end Trump's, it stop, stop talking buttocks. about Trump's arse <laughs>
Okay, I'm gonna end. I'm gonna end it. All right. Okay, seriously.